Welcome to Growing and Grace Together. I'm Joel Brzezinski, and I have a very special guest with me this time, somebody who is singing and playing music that is really getting this grace message out there. Alan Scott is with me. Alan, it's good to have you here with me on Growing and Grace Together. Hey, Joel, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, that's great. Now, uh, I I was introduced to you, Alan, uh, probably about a year ago or so, and uh, I, you know, you had uh, is that you had an an EP or an album that came out about a year ago? Is that right? Yep, uh, last May I had a, I had an EP that came out over the summer of last year. Right, and a lot of good music on that. And now it's a year later, and you've got a a single, and I'm digging this single, "God in Me." And really yes, great sir. lyrics in this song. And uh, I just kind of wanted to have you on the podcast uh, because I think that you represent something that, I, I don't know if you know this, but I spent about 11 and a half years in Christian radio uh, back in the mm. 90s, in the 90s to the mid, um, to around 2006 or so. And there was, every once in a while, you'd come across an artist that was, that kind of got the grace and the new covenant message, uh, but it wasn't really all that common, and now it seems like there's more and more artists. And you, when I've listened to your music, spot on with the grace of God. And and I know that it's you're not just coming up with these lyrics out of the blue, but you have uh, the grace of God has affected your life, has touched you, and and God's has worked in your life in in many different ways. And I kind of wanted to get into some of that stuff because I, I a lot of people think of Christian artists as Oh, they're just a person out there singing a song, but you, you're a real person, you're a real human being, you've been through some stuff, and how did, how did yeah. this all kind of come about for you? Well, how I began to uh, understand um, the gospel of grace and the new covenant, um, you know, I just like so many of us, uh, I had, I, I came to the Lord when I was, I, I can't, I should say this, I came out of a lifestyle of drug and alcohol addiction, probably when I was 21 years old, and, and God, you know, he rescued me, and when I came to him, I knew that he had saved me by grace, because I wasn't at the tail end of a winning streak when he found me. You know, I was a loser, I was a drug addict, I was, I dropped out of everything that I had ever started, and um, so I had no qualifications, and so when he, when he saved me, I knew it was by grace, but then about, you know, eight years went by, and um, of me... Uh, you know, being a leader in the church, a uh, worship leader, traveling, uh, leading worship. And I began to think that God's relating to me stopped being my grace and started being based on me and my performance and what I could do and what I did. Mm-hmm. So I came in by grace and I knew it. And when I got in, though, it was, it was well, now I have to do this and I have to do that. And so what would happen is I would be leading worship, and some weeks I would, you know, I would have confidence. I would have confidence to minister, and some, and you know, because I had fasted or I had done something right. Other weeks I would not have any confidence. I swore that God could not use me because I had sinned or I hadn't prayed enough or given enough or something had happened that shattered my confidence. And so my walk with God was this constant up and down, up and down, up and down, and I call it bipolar Christianity because. Yeah. My, you know, the God, I, w- I was sure that God was relating to me based on my performance. And my performance was not constant. It was not consistent. And so when I was inconsistent, so was, in my mind, God's relationship with me. 
Mm-hmm. And it got so tiring, uh, just up and down, up and down, up and down. And then in the summer of uh, 2008, I was doing, I was going through a challenging period where I was just asking God a lot of questions. I was trying to figure out, you know, some direct life direction. My wife and I were, were figuring some stuff out. And, and I remember that I was uh, doing a Bible study once a week with a radio uh, program manager at a radio station. He would have me come in on Thursdays, and I would do a Bible study. And we would sit there for about three hours. And he started sharing the gospel with me. I mean, not like, you know, the gospel that I had not heard, which was that God is not relating to Alan on the basis of him, on the basis of Alan and his performance, but he, he was relating to me on the basis of the perfect performance and obedience of Jesus Christ. And I, at first, thought this guy was crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was probably February when I started, ha- of 2008, when I started having Bible studies with this guy, but, you know, I almost stopped because I, I thought, you know, this guy, there's no way that this could be true. And so he kept, we kept having Bible studies, and finally, uh, it, was, it must have been summer, maybe June of 2008, this guy sets me down and um, has me listen to a sermon. It was uh, about two hours on the gift of righteousness, preached by a guy named Rob Rufus. He's out of uh, Hong Kong. Right, yep, I've heard of Rob, yep. And, um, man, this thing rocked my world. Um, I just, you know, my mom had basically uh, brought me up knowing the Lord. I had a dysfunctional childhood, and the whole thing was crazy, but... She had still faith in me. So from the time I was three uh, through, you know, the rest of my life, even though I wasn't walking with God necessarily, I had all these Christian facts in my head. I knew all these things. I knew the Bible. And when I began to understand the new covenant and the gift of righteousness, all of a sudden all the useless information that I had in my head began to come together, like the finished work of the cross brought it together. And so that was 2008 and my walk with God completely changed as a result of that. My walk with God was no longer up and down, up and down. It was resting on the understanding that Jesus had completely secured the approval of God for me and that he was perfection. He was, he is perfect righteousness. He is, has complete favor with the father. And because I am in him, and he is in me. I have a hundred percent of perfection, of righteousness. I am perfectly clean because he became my sin one hundred percent completely on the cross, so I could become a hundred percent completely as righteous as he is. And um it just changed my world. And so, you know, that was two thousand eight and ever since then, um I just when I write music, uh I'd wanna I want to say something. I want to say that. Uh, I want to tell, you know, especially the body of Christ, because, you know, as a believer, you know, not not understanding the gospel, not understanding the new covenant, life a lot of times is harder than when I was completely separated and cut off from God because I was on this treadmill and I was, it was hard. But when I began to understand the gospel, it brought rest, resting in the fact that he had made me clean, that that he had secured God's favor upon my behalf. And so that is, um, you know, that was the catalyst. And, and so now every time I write a song, I, it needs to say something along those lines, um, just a different revelation of the new covenant and the gospel. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I think so many people can relate to that. Uh, you use the up and down, up and down, uh, you know, the treadmill. We've called it a, a roller coaster on the podcast before. And just that ride of, you know, when you're doing well, you think you're performing well, then you think God's relating to you well. And when you're not performing so well, uh, then you feel that God's not relating to you so well. And if it's based upon that, you know, then if righteousness and and living this Christian life is based upon all that, then it's going to be up and down a roller coaster, right? No one's ever going to be sure of anything. But when you get the gospel of grace, the gospel of God's gift of righteousness, as opposed to, like you say, our own performance, it's not based on our own performance, then things really do. I went through the same type of thing as you in my early Christian life. I had come out of uh, somewhat of a destructive lifestyle, not really too bad, but I mean, I had come out of that, and everything was based on my performance for a few years, and then it was finally, I remember when uh, my podcast co-host, Mike Kapler, we were, it was in my early days in radio, and he was the program director there, and we were talking, and something that came across his lips was, God's not angry with you, and I was like, oh, you know, it just, I knew it, but yet... But yet I needed to hear it, and and then that whole the whole life, all of a sudden, when it becomes not about our performance, but about Christ's performance, that changes everything. And so this is kind of what, like you say, it's what you're putting in your, it's when you write, it's what you want the message to be, it's it's what you want to speak to people, and and how does that kind of work for you? Do you, do you find writing to be an easy thing for you? Do things just come to you, or does it take some time, or how does that work for you? Well, um, I think that sometimes uh, the writing is easy and fast, and, and I'll have something that just comes out of me. But, uh, for you know, like the last song that I, or my the single that I have right now, God and Me, that took a while to write. And I, I knew what I wanted to say, but figuring out how to say it mm-hmm. um, was, was the biggest challenge because I want to I wanted package music in a way where people can receive it. And what I've found is... Um, I can be super analytical and I can just like, I can just say the gospel and the new covenant. Um, but I, there's kind of this, for me, I have to internalize it and feel it and then kind of put it into music so that I can kind of say it in the shoes of the, of the listener. And so some, but sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it takes a while, you know, it's just, you just never know how how a song is going to materialize. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you write music too, or do you, are you lyrics? Yeah, I write. Uh, I write all the music, and I write the uh, you know lyrics and the music. And then you know, as you're going through the process of a song, you have help from people like producers and stuff. But I write all I write all my own music, and then um, you know, a producer will come through and kind of tweak different parts of the song to give it uh, you know some a little more emotion here or there. Right now, here from uh, from God and me. Here's part. Here's some of the lyrics. Here, when I was lost in the ocean of my sin, you were faithful to me. Then, now I am found favored and made clean. You will not fail me. And you know, I think that's that's a big statement that a lot, a lot of people don't realize that it's it's you know a lot of people. And this is just one perspective that I'm looking at from this song. There's so many things, but they are worried about failing God when really it's all about the fact that he will never fail us. He's faithful to <laughs> us. It's about his faithfulness to us, not about our faithfulness to him. That's right. 
<laughs> Amen, man. Yeah, and so that's when when music comes out like that. You know, when I I just hope that everyone will get their hands on your music, and and uh, I wish you many more years of putting out great stuff like this. And so now you're in you're based in Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania. Is that right? That is correct. Right, right in uh, right in the center of Pennsylvania, and uh, I, I live in a college town, basically surrounded by cornfields. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of live yeah. here in Iowa. It's it's quite the same. On my daily job as a as a courier, I see lots of lots of corn growing every day. <laughs> but it's hey, hey, I bet you do, man. <laughs> we, the people need to eat though, so that's good. Now, so are you? Uh, are you? Is your song uh, being played on radio stations, or how's how's your music being received in the Christian music industry? Um, yeah, so I started having um, the the ad date for the single to Christian radio was May uh twenty or May twenty ninth, I believe. And so basically what happens is um there's the ad date and then uh there's about hundred and fifteen report or between hundred and hundred and fifteen reporting I think A C stations, adult contemporary stations across the country. Right. And um they, you know, the stations add it to their playlist, the rotation of their playlist. And and uh, for an independent artist, it takes a little bit longer to pick up the momentum. Sure. So since my ad date, I have um, I have about 40 or 50 non-reporters that have picked up the song. And uh, I have four reporters that have started, who have put the song into rotation at some great stations, uh, KLTY and some other major stations that, have multiple uh, satellite stations across the country. And, you know, publicity has, I've gotten a lot of good reviews, um, a lot of good um, traction. The song is featured in CTM Magazine this month. And uh, I have a um, worship with Andy Christman, which is like a, it's on like between 150 and 200 stations uh, is featuring the song this Sunday. And so it's going to be kind of the story behind the song and the, you know, some of my life story and how I begin to understand the new covenant. So it's getting a uh, good reception and I just, I keep praying and asking God to, uh, you know, just get, just to get the message out there. So I'm, I'm encouraged up to this point. Yeah, that's awesome. Now you and me, just before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about as you go out and about, um, and talking to various people within radio and in the places that you go, that there are people who are kind of starting to get this message. How's, what's your experience been like, uh, as you, Talk not necessarily well, you know, maybe whether in whether it's in front of an audience and and meet and greet people or uh, you know uh, fans of the music or radio people, music industry people. How are they receiving uh, what you're doing? Well, I have uh, with within uh, you know the on the radio side there. I have had some great encounters with some different radio people who are really beginning to understand. This message, and there was a there was a, a gentleman down at a um, at a station a week and a half ago. I was at in, I think it was Arkansas, and we had we were having this devotional time with his staff, and me and a couple artists were there, and I just began to share about the new covenant and the gospel, and I could just see his face light up, mm-hmm. and he came up to me afterwards, and he said, uh, "Do you listen to Joseph Prince?" <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, "Like yeah," and he was like, "I'm just beginning to understand." Uh, I'm just beginning to understand this message in the gospel. And, you know, we traded contact information. And, you know, it's awesome when someone like that uh, begins to, under, you know, they say they're understanding this message because, you know, 
they, uh, you know, may have a, a radio listenership of, you know, a couple hundred thousand upwards to, you know, in the millions of people, and right. they're making the decisions about what goes on the radio. And um, so it's just really awesome uh, to see that happening. And then there's another guy in Dallas at a, another major, really uh, major station that broadcasts in the, a lot of cities, uh, you know, from Texas to Colorado to California and across the country. And he is just, he is understanding the new covenant, the gospel. It's its really um, been profound in his life. And, you know, so these are the guys that are kind of like making decisions about, um, you know, what what message and what music gets put out there. So that's really exciting. And then as far as on the level of people that I'm ministering to and connecting with when I'm traveling, my, I find that uh, believers are just so hungry for this message. They're hungry to know that they're accepted and they're approved by God. And um, I'm just having more and more people that are, uh, well, I have, there's lots of people that come up to me. And it's funny, it's, you know, it's it's humbling because it's not about the music. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's right. about mm-hmm. the message of the gospel. That's what is really changing people. And, um, you know, they come up to me and they begin to talk to me and, uh, you know, just the gospel just opens them up and, you know, just allows them to discuss things that they wouldn't normally discuss. And so, you know, that from that level, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, you know, I just believers and, you know, who are hurting, who need to hear this message. So it's it's encouraging on a lot of different, a lot of different levels. And at the same time, it's also reinforces the fact that the gospel is the power of God. So when the true gospel is preached, you're going to see, you're going to see something. You're going to see the results of what that power is stirring up. Sometimes it's not great. Sometimes it's really awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had I had a question for you, but I think you kind of answered it, but it's just, uh, like, like I said, I had spent several years in Christian radio, and, and I, I know how the Christian music industry is a business, just, just like the music in- industry at large, and a lot of it is performance-based, competitive base and all that, and there's a lot of people that could distract a person from being focused on the reason or the reasons that they entered into the business in the first place. But I, listening to you, I mean, I can tell, because I was going to, my question was going to, was going to be, how do you keep yourself focused on, you know, what your, what your main mission is? And I, and I can just tell from listening to you that it's, it's really, it's in your heart. It's just what's coming out of you. <laughs> you. You wouldn't be able to, as far as what I can hear you saying, you wouldn't be able to do anything else because that's what your heart is. Your heart is to get this message out. It's it's just who you are, and I think that's what grace does to a person is that it 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 becomes who they are. It's the message that they want the world to hear: God's unconditional love and His grace, and everything they do it, that is it revolves around that. And so it's not so much a matter of trying to stay on target, but it's just who you are. Is that kind of how you would view yourself? Yeah, you know the um. What, yes, I mean, what you're really saying and what's really resonating with me, um, before I understood the gospel, before I understood the New Covenant, you know, there's so many authors and there's so many books out there. And, you know, I mean, people are they're, they're pushing out, you know, hundreds of books on Christianity a month. And, you know, you can have a book that comes into your, into your life. You can have, like, a teaching on this or a teaching on that. And, you know, I used to have these things come in, and they would rock my world for about a month, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But they were still a sod dish. Right. But when you hit, when the gospel comes in into your heart and into your life, 
it's not a side dish. It revolutionizes the entire thing, and you can never be the same again. And it's not like this book that blows in and then it blows away. The gospel comes in and it stays, and you're just ruined. And if if the Lord really shows it to you and you really see it, you can't, there there is no, it's the main course. And, uh, you know, that's how I kind of feel. I feel like if I if I can't sing and play about the new covenant and the gospel, well, I don't really have anything else to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, man, what you're saying is really resonates with me. I just, I, I want people to hear this message and, uh, and, you know, whenever they get the message, whenever they understand it, I see this happen over and over again. People get, they, they become a victim of God. Mm-hmm. God happens to them. And uh, that's what the gospel does. And that, that isn't that the new covenant that, he causes us, you know, it's not, I used to hear, uh, you know, the Great Commission, it was like, you got to go do this, and you got to go do that, and I would feel guilty and bad, and it would motivate me for a little bit, and then I would go back into my, I would go back into hiding again, mm-hmm. but the New Covenant, the grace, when you understand it, it's a permanent flow of uh, just God's energy in and through you, not with guilt and manipulation and behavior modification, but it's actually a changing of, and positioning of your heart to want to do His will. And isn't that the new covenant, that He comes inside of us and we become a victim of Him? Right, yeah. I mean, I was I was just the same. I would hear a great sermon on a Sunday morning or whatever. It would just pump me up and get me all excited about going telling people about Jesus. And then Monday morning, it'd be like, it was lost. It was gone. I was just like... Where'd that yeah. go? And then now, like you say, it's not it's not a have to, because I would feel guilty about that. I'd be like, oh, you know, where was that? I was so passionate about this yesterday, but it was because it was a it was a must. It was a have to. It was a motivational speech type of thing. And then and then when it came to the gospel of God's grace, it's kind of like it just pours out. It's just there. There's there's nothing <laughs> that can stop it. It's not a must or a have to. It's just this is who I am. This is just what I do, and. That's really what the gospel does. That's right. Your your story of you know coming from the the, the background that you came from, and then uh, with with drugs and alcohol use, and then um, kind of coming into the the church and having kind of a, a legalistic performance based Christian lifestyle, and then the, when the grace of God grabs a hold of you, I mean, it's just it is. I I like how you said that God happens to you. Uh, because it's you know, so many of us are trying to make it happen for God, <laughs> and He's the one that's doing yeah. it all for us. So that's awesome. Yeah, man, and and just hearing you talk encourages me because uh, you know it's so awesome to hear that you know other my fellow believers that they it just confirms it's very confirming because uh, the gospel has the same it's having the same results in in other people and. You know, it's really edifying, uh, you know, because the enemy comes and he tries to say, well, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not believing the truth. Of course he doesn't want us to believe this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because this is the message that by which he was disarmed by. You know, the only thing that he had against us was uh, the ability to accuse us on the basis of uh, the old covenant and the law. And that's been taken away and he's been disarmed. And, you know, so he he still comes and he tries to convince us that we are under that old system as believers, and and, they, and he tries to make us powerless. But um, it just confirms in my heart, and I'm so encouraged just by hearing you talk, uh, you know, that the Gospels had the same effect. It's almost like, uh, 
it's almost like a, my story. It's like verbatim, just hearing you talk about it, and I just, I just, I'm excited. I know it's the power of God. <laughs> I was when you were <laughs> when you were sharing what you were sharing earlier. I was thinking the same thing to myself. I was like, that's my story. I think, you know, maybe a different setting, but the same God, the same, you know, the same uh, God doing the same wonderful things, the redemption, the restoration, healing, and, and everything that is grace and unconditional love does for us. While well, I'm Joel Breezy, I'm talking with Alan Scott a fellow righteous saint because of the finished work of Jesus Christ who plays and puts out some really great music. Now, Alan, how can people uh, get a hold of your music or find out more about you? I'm sure you've got a website that people can go to, and do you have any other uh, resources that people might want to look into? Uh, Yeah, people can go to alanscottmusic.com. And my name is spelled A-L-L-A-N, so it's alanscottmusic.com. they can find me on Facebook. It's just backslash Alan Scott Music, and also um, on uh, you know iTunes. You pop in uh, Alan Scott, my uh, latest release, and then um, Blameless and Free, which was a, a project that I released last summer, will come up. And those are 100% uh, gospel, just New Covenant, and just trying to integrate the truth of the finished work of the cross in the music. Awesome, that's great. So alanscottmusic.com iTunes, and uh, Alan, I could just tell, like I already said, you have a heart for this, and I really do hope that people listening will kind of spread the word about Alan Scott, you know, alanscottmusic.com, and uh, spread this podcast around, too. Uh, I, I think that we have both kind of encouraged each other here as we've been talking, and I hope that it will encourage listeners as well. So thank you, Alan Scott, for being part of this podcast today. And I hope to have you back again sometime. I would love to be back. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Thanks, Alan. Take care. This is Joel Brzezicki with Growing in Grace together at growingingrace.org.